This is Main Street on Prairie Public. I'm Ashley Thornburg, and joining me now from our Bismarck studio is Sue Balcom. She joins us once a week for Main Street Eats. Thank you, Sue. Thanks for having me. And you want to talk about some basic flavor tips here. These are you know little sauces, little ways to prepare. Uh, well, add a how, little yeah, punch to, to whatever how to you're make making. Everything better, essentially. Everything right? better is right. <laughs> uh, well, as you've probably heard me say before, you know my my um, daughter is um, gone vegan. And that is so much fun to try and experiment with vegan recipes. And um, we've been really quite successful. Like, and she loves that I do this for her, yeah. you know, because she's not a cook. Um, and her husband still eats meat, and he's the cook in the family. So she eats a lot of fried potatoes. And I'm like, hey, we can go beyond yeah. that, right? But one of the most recent discoveries I've made, you know, one never quits learning about things when you're in the kitchen, is this vegetable broth idea that I thought was just fabulous where you actually simmer, you know, your celery and your carrots and your potatoes. So what you're doing is you're making a vegetable broth like you would a bone broth. Mm -hmm. However, you do not throw any of this stuff away because – you can puree it and freeze it in little ice cubes mm-hmm. and then use one of those in just about whatever, just whatever you want, a little extra yeah. veggie Well, that's one in. of the big secrets of French cooking is that, it, you know, they have something called a mirepoix and it's onion, carrot, celery. Right. And, you know, my mom, that was a staple in our house. Like just about everything she made had those three things in it. And she was German, not French, of <laughs> course. And um, yes, and that's that's how you start out a lot of recipes. You know, like when I don't know what to cook and I just look in my cupboard, I'm like, yeah, I could pull all this stuff out and mix it together in a pan. But what do you do? I start with a half a stick of butter and the celery and the onion and the carrots and and kind of just gently saute that till it's transparent and of course you know you can't go wrong with the butter part of that but um don't brown your butter either you just want that to cook gently and then you know I will put in um, a soup stock that I have in the cupboard and some noodles and some other vegetables, maybe potatoes or beans or something like that, and just fake a soup, you know, because you start out with all of these wonderful basic flavors yeah. that you just can't go wrong. Yeah, it doesn't need to be complicated. Right. Cooking does not need to be complicated. Some of the best things that we eat in the house take me probably 30 minutes or less less to whip up. Mm. Um, one of the secrets, of course, is a well-stocked pantry. Mm-hmm. I never have a refrigerator that is – I never, ever not have carrots, celery, and onions in my house. Never. You know, that is something that I actually stack up the celery when I think the holidays are coming because, you know, stuffing. You can use this mm-hmm. mirapoo to make a really good bread stuffing. Um, you can make that bread stuffing vegetarian and cook it in a pan without putting it inside of a bird or next to a chicken, you know, in a pan. So um, the the um, Cajuns, of course, have the variation of that by putting in a little bit of bell pepper. Oh, yeah. So they have Gotta three. bring a little heat. Yep. Three parts of onions, two parts celery, and one part bell pepper, which I never have no bell peppers in my house either because I grow them. And I love peppers, and then I cut them up, you know, and freeze them. And then, and I do that with onions too. Like rather than let anything go to waste, 
like if it looks like it's going to spoil, just chop it up and put you it put in it your refrigerator <laughs> just, or your freezer. Keeping little ice cubes or half cups of onions minced or half cups of pepper minced makes using these basic flavor additions so much easier. You just have to look in the fridge for ideas for what to do. So now the Latin people, if you want to change the flavor of that, of course, you want to add cilantro, which is not one of my husband's favorite things, but I do try to sneak it in once in a while. (laughs) You know, like um, what is something? Oh, like spring rolls are so much better with that tiny little bit of cilantro oh, in there. Mm-hmm. And then garlic, of course. So their combo is onions and peppers and cilantro and garlic. And once again, you saute this stuff in butter and you can't go wrong, like starting out uh, like like if you're going to make beans and rice, you can use the Cajun version. You know, I'm not sure what... I don't think I do any Latin. Do you do any Latin cooking? Uh, what would be something yeah. Latin that we could use? Would, this? Well, do you mean like Latin America? Like, good question. I, I just said Latin I mean, yeah. sofritos. Okay. Um, and of course, you can use your um, use your little food processor that you have on the counter to um, chop this stuff up. And okay, so I am a production oriented sort of person. You know, I never do, and I think I got that from my mom. I never just do one thing at a time. So if I'm going to make my um, food processor dirty, I'm going to make it worth my while. So I will chop up enough onions, peppers, garlic, and all that stuff and separate it out in measurements that I would use and put that in the freezer. And then that way, that stuff is all, like, really ready to go when you're ready to cook Mm -hmm. Um, for, like, even pressure cooking, like if I have leftover um, chicken bones and stuff like that, you can save all this stuff in your freezer. And then one day you're like, okay, I'm going to make some I'm soup. Gonna make We're going to yeah. just throw this all in the pressure cooker. One of the things that will um, change the flavor of all of your broths that you make would be roasting your bones and your vegetables together in a pan in the mm. oven before you actually make your stocks. And that is a simple thing to do. You can do it as long as you want or as little as you want. But I have this beautiful stainless steel cover to my roasting pan that's kind of shallow. So I will throw everything in there and I would throw it in dry because there's always a little bit of fat left over on your scraps. Like when people have, um, like when we have um, ham, we had a ham not too long ago, and we saved everything that the people didn't eat. Well, not on their plates, but I meant in the <laughs> in the you know you don't want to yeah, save yeah, yeah. this stuff off people's plates. So don't don't get me wrong there. But you know the parts that were left in the pan that mm-hmm. nobody eats and the fat and stuff. So when you roast that stuff in the oven, the fat will come off of there and kind of help with the flavor and help with the pan. But I always let it go till the pan is dark, dark, dark around the edges. And then I will take that out of the oven and I will carefully pour probably warm or hot water in there. If you pour cold water in there, of course, you could you could bust your pan or splash yourself and hurt yourself. So you want to pour in a tepid or warmer water into the bottom of your pan because the best part is in the bottom of that pan. Mm -hmm. Everything that fell off those Mm -hmm. bones and stuck to the bottom is the best part. 
Um, you can add a little squeeze of lemon juice then at this point to brighten those flavors up and and or enough water to actually cook your recipe. And then I always strain that off and then I will take the stock and I will put that in the refrigerator overnight or even the freezer if I'm not going to use it right away. The fat will come to the surface. So when you're ready to use that soup stock, bone broth, or whatever you want to call it, bring that out of your refrigerator, set it on your counter, let it warm up. Don't let it thaw completely. Let it warm up enough for you to get in there with a spoon. You can scrape all that fat off. So you have a way less fatty soup, but you will have all the flavor that came out of that fat. So that's a that's a really, really good thing to do if you don't like, like my mom never used to do that with her chicken soup. It'd have, my dad liked the chicken fat, you know. Mm-hmm. She would leave that on top of the soup, and I, I don't find that very palatable. So we always take, I always make sure and plan ahead when I'm making soup so I can pull that fat off of there hmm. and throw it away because it's used fat. So (laughs) (laughs) now when you mentioned roasting the vegetables and roasting the bones before making a stock, but also a lot of people, you know, keep just something in the freezer and you toss all your veggie ends or you toss a chicken carcass in there. And then when that's full, then that's when you would make uh, your soup stock. So if you're going to roast those, would you want to roast them and then toss them in the freezer? Or if is it better to take everything out of the freezer, then roast it, and then immediately make a stock? I actually I have bags in my freezer, and I save everything in there, and I do not roast it first. I roast it secondary. And okay. people are like, well, what if you already roasted the chicken? Well, yeah. it doesn't hurt because sometimes I will combine roasted chicken bones with with the wing tips I cut off of wings for, you know, a different recipe. So anytime you have any kind of raw meat in there, you'll want to roast all that stuff together. You just don't roast the stuff that's already been cooked quite as long. One of the things that I've recently discovered, God, me and my recent discoveries, I should be taking notes, (laughs) um, is when you're using, first of all, you know, we buy beef on the hoof. And then we have a quarter of a beef because we share a half with my sister-in-law. And I get the soup bones. And I kept the soup bones in my my freezer for long enough to have like a big amount of soup bones. And I hadn't looked at them before that because they were wrapped, of course, in butcher paper. So I took them all out and I was like admiring them because they leave so much more meat on them when you get them from the butcher shop with the beef as opposed to the ones you buy in the grocery store, if you can even find them in the grocery store. But one of the secrets to making a better beef bone broth is to simmer those raw bones in liquid. You know, get a big old stock pot and simmer them. And you will notice that there's some impurities that come off those bones and that foamy stuff that you skim off the top of that and keep simmering those bones until the the broth runs a little clear. Then dump that water off and throw it away because it's got that icky taste to it. And then roast those bones and then add your vegetables and roast your vegetables and then start your soup stock over. And, oh, my gosh, the flavor is is there, but that weird taste is not. So that's the one thing that you can do to improve your beef broth when you're making a soup stock. Yeah, really starting with those bases 
and and you just you kind of can't go wrong after that. No, and it's so much. It's it's so easy to like when you're working and you come home and you're like starving and it's right. cold out and you want a right. soup. You know, I've even gone so far as to take a package of ground beef and saute that until it's nice and brown, not crispy, but just browned. Then I would add the onions and the celery and the Mm. carrots, and I would continue cooking that a little bit longer. Um, You can add butter if you want. It depends on how dry or how, you know, the fat content in your hamburger is. And you could use round steak, hamburger, a chicken breast, you know, whatever kind of meat you have that's easily you know, accessible at the end of the day. So, and then you add a, you know, like, okay, I buy organic chicken stock. You can buy the little um, jars of, God, I can't remember the brand name of that. There's a really good brand of chicken stock flavoring that I saw. They just came out with some new flavors. I can't wait to try. Hmm. Um, and so then you can put your water you can put um, I save potato water sometimes for that kind of stuff, and you add the water to those things, those basic flavors, and then add a can of drained white beans or cook some macaroni and stick it in there. Then you want to season it, and you can season it any stinking way you want. If you want it to be Italian, you put lots of oregano in there. If you want it to be Mexican, then you put a lot of chili powder in there. And experiment. Live a little after a while, you know, like like it doesn't have to be perfect. If it's not, then your husband will say something to you like, well, thanks for making dinner, honey, but you don't really have to make that again. Mm. <laughs> I can take that That's as a I hint. Say, oh, you can eat what you made for dinner then, which was nothing? Okay. But after a while, you will learn what flavors blend better together. Um, and anytime you don't want to use butter, like let's say you're doing a vegan vegetable broth, you know, please, please substitute a high-quality olive oil. Mm. Olive oil will add flavor to whatever you're cooking. If you do not want something to be flavored by the olive oil, then you have to use something like grapeseed oil or a canola oil, you know, some flavorless oil. And if you're using coconut oil in any of your cooking, cookies, um, making popcorn, whatever, read the label. Or open the jar and smell it. Some coconut oils are prepared specially for cooking, and they don't have the coconut taste or smell to them. And those are the ones you want to use when you're, like, making popcorn. And then the ones with the sweet in them, the coconutty taste, Mm -hmm. I use those for making soap. Because sometimes I accidentally buy them. (laughs) (laughs) We check in with Sue Balcom once a week. Thank you, Sue. Thank you, Ashley. It was wonderful talking with you today.